Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library. And today I have another great entrepreneur on. Then I came across him when I was attending an event called Pitch Breakfast and he was pitching his business. And when he pitched his business, I was like, you know what? I got to connect with this guy um, because I, I like the way he simplified it, his story and the very real challenge that he's taking on with his business swipe by. So I wanted to welcome to the show, Carl Turner. Welcome to the show. Thanks a lot for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it also helps, you know, that we share the same last name. We're not related, but we do share the same last name. So <laughs> that makes it even more of a special guest. <laughs> So, Carl, um, before we jump into your business, Swipe By, tell us a little bit about, you know, what was your background before starting Swipe By? Sure. Um, yeah, um, as, you, as you might can tell now that I, that I actually talk, is I'm originally from Germany. Um, so I'm born and grew up in Berlin, um, lived there for most of my life and came now at this point almost eight years ago, seven and a half years ago to the United States uh, to study at Wake Forest University. Um, so that's what brings me to North Carolina, right? I'm really close to you right now. I'm in Winston-Salem. And yeah, studied there. I studied there finance, computer science, you know, was for a long time on a track for um, consulting, actually, and really enjoyed that. Had some cool internship gigs um, across the world in Dubai and Kuala Lumpur. Um, but I always thought like, you know, what's the holy grail for a lot of people? And it's to start their own business, right? Why is everyone I'm working with in consulting talking about starting their own business? Why do I not fast track and do that? Um, and then actually, so in my last semester, I started, I started Swipeye, but yeah, I'm, still pretty young. And that's my, you know, the, the brief story of where I come from and what I've done. Awesome. Awesome. Now, you know, what was that like? I mean, when you, you know, you're, you're, you're on the, you know, the track of going into consulting and which, you know, like I said, a lot of people do that track, but then with, you know, coming across, you know, the entrepreneurship opportunity, was there, there, there much of a, I guess you say a, a trade-off or a thought, or was it tough to come to that conclusion for you? No, not at all. I need to say, you know, I've, I've, I've come from an entrepreneurship family. Um, I've always um, been interested in entrepreneurship. I started some smaller businesses myself when I was, and when I was younger. And so what, what happened is, you know, I, I went to business school, was really interested. And then I think, you know, I realized I have the luxury while being in college, I can't fail. Worst case scenario, I wake up in the same dorm, I eat at the same food court, right? I go to the same classes. There's like, like, I mean, it's a pure luxury, right? But as, if you start something in college, failure is, I mean, there is maybe, you know, in your mind that you, something didn't work out, but it's virtually impossible. But what was for me was more the challenge is, you know, how do you do it? Like, how, like, what's it like to start a business? Why do you actually get started? And um, what I did is after I had the internships in my last summer, right, before going into my senior year, I actually interned and shadowed with founders from, you know, guy a little younger than me, raised a couple million to a seasoned tech entrepreneur to a beauty entrepreneur. And I was just fortunate enough, you know, to have like these two weeks, three weeks experiences, seeing primarily that all of those were just very hardworking people and strongly believed in what they were doing. And that really was the only thing that united them and kind of was for me the common denominator, what it's need to start a business. And but that's how I got into it. I would say it was not scary. It was the opposite. It was more like, if I don't do this, this is scary because I'm in college, nothing can happen. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Now, where'd you pick up that wisdom? I mean, to, cause I think that's a brilliant idea is, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, then go work with some or shadow some to see what it's really like, where'd you get that wisdom to run with that idea? 
It's a good question. Um, it's probably too smart that I came, so, came up with it by myself. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I think it was a, it, it, it was a combination. I, actually, I think it was my parents, like with my mom and with my dad. Again, I always talked entrepreneurship, always wanted to do something. And kind of, right, right if you want to do something, you study it. If you want to, you know, if you want to um, learn something, you generally just start doing it. So I think it was just, it was just a conversation with my parents who was like, you know, well, why don't you, why don't you try to actually work with people, you know, who do what you want to do? So I guess I need to give credits to my mom and my dad on that one. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So what was that, you know, like, you know, that kind of that idea process, because I think when you think about entrepreneurship, I mean, there's so many different directions that people come up with. So how did you come with or settle in on focusing on that idea that fuels swipe back? Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a long progression and story, right? So after this shadowing, the one thing I didn't have was the idea. I kind of figured <laughs> out, okay, you know, it's, it does not take rocket science, when you said, to start a company, right? It just takes a lot of persistence. You you get hit in the face every day, but you just need to get up. Um, and, it, you know, hyper-optimism and so on. But it obviously, none of those people I shadowed were said, look, this is the idea you should start. Um, but so what, what Swiper is today was what basically was happened. Um, I studied, like after these shadowings, which I ordered in Germany, I studied abroad in Shanghai. And um, it was the first time I experienced delivery how I liked it to be. You know, I was here in the US, I was in Germany, I wanted to order a burger delivered. And, you know, even seven years ago, 10 years ago, you could do that. Um, but it was, you know, instead of $8, it was $10. Then you need to add the fries to hit the minimum. Then you had the delivery fees, then you got a tip, and then it takes like two hours. And in Shanghai, in, in China, which for a ton of lot of reasons why you can't replicate here in the US, it was street food, which was super cheap. It was cents for delivery. And 15 to 20 minutes later, it showed up at my apartment. I was just like, that's amazing. Like, I, I love that. Um, and that kind of just started me thinking as well, how can I bring something like this to the US? You know, if I love this experience so much, how can I bring that to US, Europe, right? To a world where there's different labor requirements, where it's different pay and so on, right? And that then moved into an idea for peer-to-peer -peer delivery network on university campuses that then moved into an idea for Tinder for food, actually, because higher education is not that fast. That then I launched, um, actually, in January 2018. By summer 2018, that idea didn't have the traction I needed to have. But now I was in the market, right? So now I spent two years almost being in the food market, being in the restaurant market, looking at retail. And what I then identified was, well, you know, I have this ordering app that I built trying to solve one problem. Mm -hmm. But I saw, you know, a big solution popping up and click and collect Walmart, Target, investing billions. And that was where I was like, well, I can either shut this down what I have because it's not going where I want to, or that looks like an amazing opportunity helping restaurants, helping merchants, helping retailers, especially in suburban America with the power of location and turning anything into a drive through And that's then where Swiper actually come from. But, you know, this is like a, a three-year, almost four-year progression of learning, understanding the market, launching something, pivoting. Um, so it was not just overnight, you know, I woke up and had the idea, it was a process. No, and I think that that's amazing because I do get the sense that sometimes a lot of people hear about, you know, entrepreneurs like, oh, they just woke up, had this idea and, you know, you know, 
couple months later, the, you know, they raise millions of dollars in capital. I don't think people get a chance to really understand, like, even coming up with the idea, it's like, it's an evolution process. So, you know, going through that process, like say, where you, you started an idea, you couldn't get the traction, you know, um, was there some, I guess, you know, I guess the concerns or, or, or how did you manage, you know, being able to, like I said, to pick your optimism back up and go into the next idea? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's your right, right? What's one, one funny observation here is, right, as you said, everyone, the story is always painted, you know, entrepreneurs or companies get big overnight, but then everyone says entrepreneurs are hustlers and persistent. Look, <laughs> one of the two is not true in that argument, right? If you get rich overnight, you don't need to be a hustler and persistence. And if you don't get rich overnight, well, you know, you, so I think if you would actually, you know, there's, it's, it's two conflicting um, things that people say about entrepreneurs. And that means one is not true. And I think the one that is not true is the success overnight. Um, but well, it was, I mean, I think it was a combination out of things. Number one is, I think, you know, that's just, I'm lucky that um um might might be ignorant or naive but at least i'm you know positive enough so i think maybe as an entrepreneur you need to have a level of ignorance seeing sometimes all the red flags and just continuing with the head through the wall until mm -hmm. you get to at the other end um you could also call that persistent or hustle <laughs> um i think so that was one of the things where i think i'm fortunate enough to have that um to have that trait maybe uh, otherwise i think it is a big one was a support network Right, and that means um, having people to talk to. Um, again, I brought up my parents before; they're big mentors to me. Um, I have a ton of friends who are supportive. Um, again, it's a really fortunate, right? There's other founders, entrepreneurs who don't have a uh, people who support them, and that does not mean with money or anything, but just means with words, means with courage, and so on. Um, so I think I was really fortunate to have that. Um, and even I need to say, you know, giving credit here to where in Winston Salem and the even North Carolina in parts people have want that you succeed. And what that does is, right, that everyone gives you another resources, gives you a pep talk. And I think that's actually, so one of the reasons why I came to America originally was I kind of like, I really like the, here's an attitude of you can do this, we can do this. As you know, not, nothing is impossible in America. And um, I think that mindset helps you keep going. So if you surround yourself by people, I think that's what it boils down, right? The people you surround yourself, if you are, you know, fortunate enough and that is family, that is supportive, if that is friends, if there's other founders, um, you know, they give you, they give you like the, the power to continue. And then I think the last component to that is having a plan, right? I think I never, I was never really in a situation where I was like, I have no idea what I was doing. I guess maybe, again, maybe I was just not seeing it, but I always had, you know, it was like, all right, this is not working, but look, there's this opportunity. Um, so I think because you can also put it in the other direction, which is really dangerous, is you don't want to, you know, follow follow a dead horse in a way, right? If, if something, sometimes it's really important to also make a cut and just stop something and start something new. So I think it's finding the balance out of always having a plan. You know, if there is a if there is a pathway out of this that is realistic, continue with it. If it's not, you might stop with it. Nope, that makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, speaking of, you know, like I said, with Swipe By, you know, can you help people understand, you know, what are, what's the experience that they can expect with Swipe By and, you know, how can Swipe By be a, a value and an asset for them? Sure. I mean, so primarily we are, right, what, what we are targeting, so the, the user, like, like you and me, you know, being consumers, 
and are actually, I mean, they are, they, they, they are the ones who get the nice experience, but we're actually selling to restaurants. And so what, what, and, and to merchants, what, what we really, that's the two sided, right? What the merchant can expect is we are providing a technology that automates a lot of their takeout needs um, that basically provides one of the lowest low cost market solutions out there to power curbside pickup, to power um, and, um, and curbside pickup, pickup, virtual drive through and so on. But if we translate this in a consumer experience, what it is is you can order on SwipeEye and that means you can order on the SwipeEye apps that's on Android and iOS or on the restaurant's website uh, or through the restaurant's Facebook or through the restaurant Google. You might don't even know that you ordered on SwipeEye. Mm -hmm. um, and what then happens is when you place the order, we send it to the restaurant, you don't pay anything extra. And then the magic happens is really when you pull up. When you pull up is we geofence your location. So you might have done curbside at Best Buy. You actually need to enter a number or need to press a button. You don't need to do this. The only thing that you do is you pull up and generally a minute or less, a waiter will come out, hand you your food, you know, put it in your window, put it in your trunk, you paid already and you are on your way again. So it really is think your favorite Italian, your favorite you know, soul food, Southern food, sushi place. And it just became faster than McDonald's drive-thru because geolocation technology. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so where can uh, where can people find, you know, swipe by online? Where can they follow your story on social media? And um, and did you mention that they can get the app? Yeah, where they can get the app? Yeah, well, I think the the um, the, the easiest way is to, to get the app, which is um, swipe by in one word. Um, Swipe by, right? Or Swippy, how some people pronounce it. But <laughs> as long as you remember it, I don't care what you call it, as long as you remember it. Um, but so, so that's the primarily one. Our website is swipe.by. So swipe.by, there's no.com. Um, that's a good way. And then on social media, but generally, as you just type into Google Swipe by, and if you want to be hyper safe and, and type into Google Swipe by curbside, everything relevant will pop up to find the app, to find information how to sign up as a restaurant to follow us on social media, follow my story and our team story. Um, so Google is always, Google is our best friend, right? <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, before we wrap up the interview, one of the questions that I like to ask every guest that comes on is when you think about, you know, your story, you think about where you've been and, you know, where Swipe By is going, you know, what's two lessons and, you know, two things that you've learned that you would share with other business owners? Yeah, that's a very good question, um, right? And there's so many. So the question is, what is the most important one? Um, well, I generally, I think that the first one is more to people who think about starting something, right? Which I think there's a lot out there. Um, and that would be just do it in a way, but talk to a lot of people. I think, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are scared sharing their ideas because they think that people copy them. And I would always ask the question, well, how often have you copied from someone? How many ideas have you heard? And I think we all answered the question was we have zero times done it because we have other things to do. Um, but what the effect is if when you talk talking to people, when you, you know, share it with everyone, number one, you will be surprised what network comes, right? People know someone, people can help and people generally want to help. And um, so there's a ton of resources that gets unlocked by simply sharing and building a network. And I think then the other one, which is also really important because as much self-motivated as all of us are, a little external motivation always helps if you talk to a lot of people, well, they will talk back. They will be, hey, you know, how's that podcast going you always wanted to start? Oh, it's live. Cool. Send me the first episode. I will share it to some friends, right? So it's just, it's, it's, it creates a little bit of accountability because people are following up with you and people are, you know, asking how things are going. And that helped me, I think, again, you know, with 
getting started is, well, a lot of people knew what I was doing. So whenever I was down, right back to that question is, well, they followed up with me and lifted me back up. So that was super helpful if it would be just like, you know, my lone soldier. I think so that will be number one. Um, I think another one is, it's a little bit cliche, but I think it's have fun. And it, it's almost goes a little bit, it's, it's, I think for me, it's a lot around people, right? Um, have a great team, have fun with your team. Um, be a good human, right? And the end is if you treat other people how you want to have them treated, it's, it's impossible to create any of those things that we all want to create with our companies by ourselves, right? We need to have customers, we need to have um, partners, we need to have employees, we need to have mentors. And I think it's really important to always have fun, treat the other people that they have fun, right? Having a culture where no one has fun doesn't lead anywhere. So yeah, these are not really technical things, but I would think as you know, do it, talk to a ton of people and then surround yourself with people and have fun yourself, but also make sure that other around you have fun. Um, and I think then my last one, which is the most important one, honestly, is so that's number three, the bonus. Um, if things are bad, just go to sleep. Never make a decision out of rage. It's, I think it's just when, when I have a bad day or something is don't write that email you're upset about. Don't write the text you're upset about. Go to sleep, write it in the morning. The world looks very different. So I think that's a really good one. <laughs> I think that's an amazing one. So Carl, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your insight. It's definitely been a pleasure to have you on. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for having me. This was fun. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Talk Library. If you like our content, be sure to follow us on social media. And if you want to see more of our exclusive content, you can subscribe and become a member on patreon.com forward slash business talk library. Hey, the Business Talk Library is the place where business makes sense.